0: how's it going folks how's it going i'm brother matthew and this is christian coffee time where we sit down together to study the word of god and here we are back at it again another day for another study and uh, i know normally we'd be uh streaming the sunday service today but uh uh we were unfortunately un- weren't able to get a hold of the card for the Sunday service yet to be able to edit it and get it up and going so I'm filling in for today and I'm sure you don't mind uh, we'll get that uh, that study up as soon as we can but meanwhile we're just going to continue on where we left off in our walkthrough of first Peter so please grab your Bibles notepads and pens and turn with me to first Peter chapter 4. And again, folks, if you have any comments, questions, issues, insights regarding this study at hand, please, by all means, go ahead, ask away. I'd be glad to hear from you. And uh, again, we're going to be using the three points of the Christian faith, the three points of Bible study, which are interpretation, application, demonstration. That's the what, the how, the why of scripture. What it specifically says, the narrative of the text how it's being said the specific words in the pictures and the images doing the word studies as well and how can i pair what i'm reading with other aspects of the word of god all for the final uh third point demonstration the why why is this important why should i apply it to myself to go live it speak it think it do it all right so with that please turn to first peter chapter four and grab your tea grab your coffee grab your snacks come join us at the table time to study the word of god okay so in going through first peter we see an awful lot that uh peter is talking about and again referring back to the priesthood of the saints aspect is uh uh, what we are in the Lord, what we're called to be, called to do, and how we're called to live in the name of the Lord, in the power of the Lord, and uh, being mindful of this and everything that we do. And there's so many different angles and aspects of this that Peter brings up. And this is such an important topic, such an important thing, and we need to be mindful of this. And this is kind of what we're going to be talking about again. As you see, yet again there's just uh, something else that uh, peter brings up that uh, we need to take to heart and again uh, referring to the mindfulness the mindfulness of christ likeness So a little bit uh, on that again this morning and uh, I, and referring back to what i mentioned before uh, if god says something once it's very very important If he says it again and again if he says it more than once if he says it more than twice you really need to stop what you're doing and pay attention this this is something super important if god needs to repeat himself regarding this so first peter chapter 4 starting at verse 1 for as much then as christ hath suffered for us in the flesh arm yourselves likewise with the same mind for he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men but to the will of god now let's take a look into this for as much then as christ hath suffered for us and we take a look at the sufferings of christ and what he went through there are many different angles and different uh, abilities different means of looking at this aspect of christlikeness and what the lord has done for us and here he's talking about christ's suffering for sin and we talked about god's call of holiness god's call of godliness god instructing in righteousness and all this and another angle of this to look at regarding sin and righteousness about the the reason for following after righteousness the fact that christ suffered for sin the fact that he suffered for it and what he went through for it and Reminding ourselves what he went through will also help bring up in us that compulsion or following after righteousness because out of honor and respect and love for him, what he did for us to save us from the condemnation of sin by his suffering for sin. The fact that he suffered the the pains and the agonies and the torture and and dying for, for us to save us from sin should drive us that much more to want to abstain from sin when we look at the penalty of it what sin did to our master for as much then as christ hath suffered for us in the flesh and the fact that he left us an example of suffering and so this is a call to suffering there's a call to righteous suffering now righteous suffering in this way we see is again a willing thing is that uh, i look at this i see this and i volunteer uh uh, voluntarily willingly put myself in the state of dying to self dead to self now suffering in righteousness after the example as we see here that christ left us and how and uh, what he's calling for us to do and in a sense of dying to self, we're taking up our own cross, crucifying the flesh with the affections and lust thereof. Now, how do we do that? It, the, the suffering of the flesh is denying the flesh its desires. Denying the flesh its desires. And the flesh will suffer. The flesh will get upset and uh, they will fight back. And there'll be so many... Different forms of resisting that the flesh will bring up uh, trying to uh, Bargain to try to get some of it, its desires and lust back how the flesh fights against righteousness and the spirit against the flesh And we cannot do the things that we would we ha- so we have to crucify the flesh to put to death the desires of the flesh in our suffering for Christ now I did a little uh like almost five minute video last night talking about different aspects of this and I know I've really been harping on uh modern Christianity lately and some people really don't read my posts don't really pay attention they're not really listening at all they think that I'm talking about all Christians or all Christian no 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 no. I'm talking about modern Christians that this these modernistic Christians, so-called professed Christians, where basically it's just paganism that is that that they are attempting to Christianize, and I used one of the examples that is just the most absurd thing that that is to come to the realm of uh, of supposed Christianity, and uh, like for example the the stupid nonsensical genre of what's called christian heavy metal christian metal music the christian heavy metal music i i i don't know i i really don't know how individuals that profess to love the lord jesus christ profess to be christians profess to love god profess to love his word how they can justify such nonsense i i, I really do I don't get that delusion that uh, uh, you have to be really be out to lunch to think that that is something that God almighty in his infinite holiness and righteousness and purity and godliness would bless. I, I really don't get that one. Uh, I'm sorry if that offends you and you know, you're a fan of that kind of thing. You know, I, I I'm just going to ask you to go and actually grab your Bible and actually go through the Word of God and try to justify it and no 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 no, you can't really use the verse you know make a joyful noise unto the Lord <laughs> doesn't really work with that one uh, that's not what that's referring to you need to do a study on godliness on righteousness on holiness according to God and 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 take a look at the character the nature of these kinds of things now we're talking about righteous suffering and in, in, is putting to death the lusts of the flesh and they just take a look at entertainment music and all these things that we see an awful lot of this stuff that's creeping into churches the question that must be asked is what do these things feed what is being excited regarding this is uh is these entertainments these these pleasures and all the the stuff that's coming into the realm of christianity does it feed the spirit and lift the name of the lord jesus christ does it lift the word of god does it lift the faith of, of christianity that does it glorify and honor the lord god almighty or does it excite your flesh or does it excite your sensations because nothing is neutral nothing is neutral everything doesn't matter what it is everything has an effect and we bring even bring in the aspect of cause and effect and you see the effect that all these these pleasures entertainments and all these uh, all these hobby horses and stuff that come in you could see the effect that it has the effect that it causes in your attitude your emotions your prayer life your bible reading life because you know if you really were to scrutinize really we to sit down with the word of god and biblical counseling and you take these individuals that are all consumed with this worldly form of christianity and you would, you would explore their spiritual life you say okay now how does all this stuff affect your prayer life your devotional life your witnessing life How does it affect the depth of doctrine that you have how does it affect your christ likeness towards others everything has an effect and produces a cause and so we need to examine everything to see how does it then affect my relationship in my walk with the lord jesus christ because as we see here for as much then as christ has suffered for us in the flesh arm yourselves likewise with the same mind now let's just look at this with the same mind and if we take a look at mind in this context in the same mind It's, can I pronounce this, ennoia, ennoia. The act of thinking, consideration, meditation, a thought, notion, conception, understanding, the will, manner of feeling and thinking, thoughtfulness. So, in in the same act of thinking in the same act of thinking and consideration. So we can read this then, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same act of thinking and consideration. How Christ put to death uh, was put to death for sin, and how he teaches to put to death sin, and uh, how sin demands death. So we see then, to arm ourselves the same mind, the same mind of Jesus Christ, seeking salvation from sin. Now, we talk about, like the other day, we talked about salvation, what is salvation, what it is not, according to the word of God. So we see there's actual salvation from the condemnation of sin. Now this is this is a, a one-time thing, and once born again saved, you're always saved. Once saved, always saved. This is true, and that your salvation is not hinged upon your act and upon your fruit bearing and all that kind of thing. But there's one more aspect here, and it is taught in many different ways. We see the it's called the second blessing. Uh, there's the the filling of the Holy Ghost. There's the concept of the enlightened the enlightenment and cons of the concept of dying to self and there we see here is another way of looking at it is salvation from the effect of sin from the hold of sin so we see we're saved from the condemnation of sin and we're actually born again saved and dwelt with the spirit of living god our name is written lamb's book of life we are born again saved They're saved from the condemnation of sin, from the penalty of sin. But then on our own personal level, there's seeking to be saved from ourselves. Seeking to be saved from our own flesh. Seeking to be saved from ourselves. That's what I'm talking about here. And this is the mindset. Dying to self. Seeking to... uh, abstain from all appearance of evil touch not the unclean thing have have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness and come out from among them be holy saith the lord to be holy as i am holy to be perfect as he is perfect so called to be christ-like and there's one thing that i mentioned in the the previous short little video from last night like uh, for example and talking to those individuals who somehow think they can justify christian heavy metal music i'm like okay you you think that that's okay and that god is okay with that were the disciples the apostles of jesus christ following jesus around head, head banging screaming you know screamo growling death metal kind of singing the praises of god while they followed jesus around or he preached the gospel and healed the sick do you really think that that's something they were doing Do you really think that's something they would do that Jesus would have been okay with that. That Jesus would have sat down and would have been smiling and pleased with the disciples, the apostles, while their head banging and screaming, growling the praise of God. You really think that that's, that's that's realistic? I mean, just use your brain for a second. When you When you actually put to death the ignorance of the foolish flesh, as the Word of God calls it, and actually think in spirit, and pray in spirit, read in spirit, study in spirit, and believe in spirit, and you walk in spirit, you start to see how ignorant and foolish and ridiculous the flesh is, and how it seeks to deceive and delude you. You need to think in spirit. Think in terms of God's holiness and his standards and not our standards. This is how we follow after the same mind we see here in First Peter chapter 4, verse 1, where Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. And we talk about holy suffering. Now, I'm not talking about holy suffering like the ridiculous idea of the lady who, who was called Mother Teresa, where she actively sought to make people actually physically suffer, because she actually believed that your, your holiness and your salvation was actually hinged upon you actually having to... Physically suffer in pain and agony and starvation, all that kind of thing. She was nuts and she was not a born again Christian. Unfortunately, she was a Roman Catholic who believed she had to earn her salvation and she openly rejected and denied the gospel salvation by grace through faith alone. That's unfortunate. But what I'm talking about is Christ likeness. Walking after Christ's likeness a a desire to seek after the holiness of God, and walking in a different standard. Walking according to a different standard. What sets us apart? Not, how can I be like the world, but yet separated so that I can try to attract them? you don't attract the world by becoming like the world that's what the goats say the goats the wolves and the rats that's what the false apostles deceitful workers the false the, uh, disciples the false apostles uh, teach the false christ teach you become like the world in such a way to attract the world that's a bunch of nonsense the lord says we're to come apart and be separate to be separate to be different to be different To not be like them. That the character, the nature of our being is so alien to them. We're so different. We're so different. And what is this difference? What did Jesus say? They'll hate you because of me. You'll be persecuted for my name's sake. Because what is it that we are doing? We are living different. We're acting different. We're talking different. We're not like them. We have nothing to do with them. And and this is something that, as it says, we're to strive for, to strive for the mastery of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, the goats, the wolves, and the rats, and the progressive, liberal-minded individuals will find this absolutely abhorrent, and they will call it legalistic, pharisaical, judgmental, you're putting God in a box, and all that kind of you know ridiculous nonsense. Well, that's just what those kinds of people say, because they never actually study the Bible. That's the arguments people use who never actually study the Bible. But as we actually study the Word of God, as it is the very word of god it's the law of god not the suggestions of god it's the law of god not the options of god it's the law of god this is the law of his righteousness this is what god describes from his mind his mouth his heart he spoke to his disciples told them what to write this is what god says he is like he says this is what i'm like this is what i'm about this is what i love this is what i hate Model yourself after me, the Lord says. Not after denominationalism. Not after what you think I like. Not after what you want me to be. Not after someone else wrote about what they think or feel like I'm about. God says, this here, the word of God is my word that I said above my very name. Be like me. So if we actually take the outlined detailed characteristics of our lord god jesus christ according to the word of god and we're actually to develop a model and we see the form of him the character of him the personality of him the attributes of him the love of him we see the emotions of him and all that he is about our lord jesus christ and jesus says come follow me jesus says forsake all follow me forsake all pick up your cross follow me will you be my disciples not not a disciple of what you want me to be you see the the infantile liberal minded goat uh, will object to this and will fight against this because they will they refuse they will not accept the word of god as being the authority and it's very easy to be holy it's very easy to be sinless very easy to be christ-like it's very easy to be righteous when you keep redefining what sin is it's very easy to justify yourself when you keep redefining sin that's because you're not defining sin after the after the definitions of the word of god you're you're defining sin after what you feel it is well i don't feel it's sin i don't think there's anything wrong with it good for you but the heart is deceitful and wicked who can know it you can't trust yourself you can't trust your reasoning you can't trust your logic you can't trust yourself and you're defining righteousness by your own opinion i mean when you say there's something wrong with that should we not then rise to a, a higher plane of standard and that is God's holy word. Like what God says is he cannot lie. In him is no, com- uh, no confusion. And that uh, God will never change. And his word is uh, uh, preserved unto all generations. His word is above his very name. And not one jot nor tittle shall always pass from the word of the law to all be fulfilled. Should we not follow the standard of the word of God? I mean, really? Really? Who do we think we are to think that we in any way, shape, or form, even remotely, can define righteousness by our own standard and that that standard would be acceptable unto God? We lie to ourselves on a regular basis. We deceive ourselves, delude ourselves on a regular basis. We we are slaves to our whims which are affected and change with every wind of motion of our day-to-day, a cup of coffee will change your very outlook on the world. I mean, if we are so fickle in that standard, how can we trust ourselves with the standard of righteousness, to be the definers of it? We can't. We have to go by the standard of the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind the mind of our lord god jesus christ so we then take this and overlay this over everything that's in our lives in everything that you do do all to the glory of god even in eating and drinking do all to the glory of god now there's something we've talked about a little bit before like things like in our eating and drinking are you mindful of your eating and drinking to the glory of god now how does that work well gluttony now i i don't know if it's a hundred percent accurate but according to uh government health standards and their polls and all of their, their stuff that north america it the United States, Canada, and all this, most mostly the United States, it says that uh, uh, has the highest percentage of obesity in the entire world. I mean, it's just, it's insane. When we go by our feelings of our standard, we see what happens. We corrupt our own Flesh. we corrupt our own lives we destroy our lives destroy our homes with our pleasures and lusts and desires even our eating and drinking destroy us when we have no standard and every man is left open to that uh, to to do that which is convenient to himself every man does that which is right in his own eyes when God's Word is not the authority we are given over as slaves to the pleasures of our flesh, and our flesh defines our spiritual walk. Our flesh defines and describes and controls our faith. Our flesh will control our witnessing. Our flesh will control our religiosity. Because when we have no dedication to biblical godly righteousness, your, your flesh is gonna con- going to control how often you even go to church well I just don't feel like it today well yeah I I wonder what's speaking your spirit or your flesh so just think about it well I don't know if I should witness to them I don't know if I want to witness to them that's your flesh talking but we give in to the lusts and the desires of our flesh constantly when the word of God is not our standard of absolute authority something to think about like how far does this go when we really start exploring this aspect of first peter chapter 4 verse 1 arming ourselves with the same mind of jesus christ now what we want to do is flip the script flip the script turn it upside down what would happen if i didn't what's the consequences for not arming ourselves with the same mind of christ according to god's standard because every dog and his brother that says they love god and loves jesus will say well i say absolutely that they arm themselves with the mind of christ because that they believe in jesus they believe in god they believe in the word of god they believe in in christian morals and all this kind of stuff do they really well how can you know by their fruits you shall know them what fruits fruits of religiosity Are the fruits of conviction and doctrine the fruits of the outward appearance or the fruits of the heart now i've talked about that before and i have my one message that i have permanently pinned on uh, as the title video of uh, the cct youtube channel and that is the mystic fruit inspectors the mystic fruit bowl please please watch that video please watch that study i talk about the mystic fruit bowl And the difference between physical fruit and spiritual fruit, and how so many professed Christians are obsessed and judge their Christianity, judge their righteousness after physical fruit. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. That's not what Jesus is talking about. So go give that uh, video a watch. Now, why? Why are we arming ourselves after the same mind of Jesus Christ? As it says, For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin okay let's just look at this one okay uh, for he that has submitted himself after the same mind of jesus christ it says has ceased from sin wait a minute if so if i if i determine uh the same mind of christ and all that i do i will never sin again no 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 no, no. that's not what that's talking about that's not what it's talking about sorry you holiness people people who believe you can attain absolute holiness to be sinless sorry those kinds of people uh that's a bunch of nonsense you can't become sinless in this world uh, anyone who says they are sinless well you just sinned you're a liar anyone who say he has not sinned is a liar and the truth is not in him verse two uh, what it, this is what it's talking about has ceased from sin this is what it's talking about in verse two that he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men but the will of god has ceased from the hold has ceased from the control has ceased from the manipulation because when we're mindful of the lord we'll be able to see the traps we'll be able to see the traps we'll be able to see the temptations we'll be more mindful and more aware this is what this is talking about mind awareness so you'll be more aware of what's going on around you and it'll be harder for the enemy to be able to manipulate you you see that and uh, and if any man do sin we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous and if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness because we do know that it is impossible to be sinless in this life anyone says otherwise well you just literally don't understand the dichotomy between flesh and spirit and so we see look at this verse 2 that he that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh. That's the that's the topic. That's the context here. That's what's to, it's it's what's saying here about living our lives. What is the purpose of your life? To achieve your own whims, your own wills, your own goal, your own desires of your own lusts, of your own passions, or to live for Christ? To so live to the glory of God, to the, the magnification of Christ in, in our society. What are you living for? What are you living for? And I've talked about this before, that there is a massive difference between a Christian and a disciple. Okay? Now, you can be a born-again Christian, born-again saved. You're truly born-again saved, but you're not a disciple. But you can't be a disciple unless you're a born-again Christian. So, what's the difference? A Christian is someone that's saved. A disciple is someone that is saved and has decided to dedicate their life to follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what that's talking about. That you have determined in yourself to die to self, to fight against the flesh and the desires of the world for the purpose of lifting the name of Jesus Christ basically living in the revival mindset as we talked about the other day about what is revival and how can we seek revival that was on the, this past saturday that he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men but to the will of god so that he he's decided this individual has decided that he will live the rest of his time to the will of god well, how can I do that? How can I know what the will of God is? What is the will of God? That all will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. What shall we do that we might work the works of God? This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he hath sent. So, so we see, as the comment here, Michelle says about uh, praying for revival, is there's praying for revival and actively acting upon it. Seeking to produce it. That you want to be the instrument through which God uses to bring about revival. And revival starts in the heart of the one who's who's praying for it. So we seek to bring revival in every aspect of of our day, even in eating and drinking. Do all to the glory of God so we see like for example breaking addictions or whatever else and seeking to control ourselves in a manner that is honorable unto the lord that in everything that you do that so that others would see you and hear of you and they would want to come and ask you about the hope within you because they see something so different but if you're over let's just let's just pick on it for a little bit more because this is something that is so absurd to me i think it deserves to be mocked is this ridiculous nonsensical notion of christian heavy metal music okay i'm just gonna say it do you really honestly think that if you're over in the corner head banging away with the thrashing guitar and the growling and the screaming of the song but every once in a while you hear the name jesus hearing the name god and you may hear the word righteous you may hear the word cross but it's all screaming heavy metal growling you know the thrashing away Uh, is that going to attract someone to want to come and ask you about the hope that is in you with meekness and fear? Just saying. You know, use some agical, uh, agical, actual logical, that's what I'm trying to say, actual logical sense. Uh, Think about it just for a moment. How does the spirit of God work? It's the still small voice of God, still small voice of God, still small voice of God. I really do not believe that the spirit of God speaks through screamo. Now. Can God in some way, shape or form possibly, you know, despite the thing? be able to reach someone well well that nothing can stop the hand of god nothing can stop the hand of god god can use something to spite but is it the means that god chooses and that the, that the spirit of god blesses through that god that god will decidedly use to the, his glory no but can god use something to spite yeah like he used judas iscariot like he used Babylon, like he used Nebuchadnezzar, like God can use someone like Pharaoh. But I'm just saying, we we need to be mindful of the way that Christ works, Christ moves, the way that Christ speaks. What is glorying and honoring unto the Lord? For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, now think about that just for a moment he that has suffered in the flesh because i know that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing so we seek to fight our own flesh my flesh <laughs> i'm just gonna say it. this morning i really didn't want to broadcast this morning i really didn't want to because uh well my wife's not feeling well and i wasn't feeling well the other day and i haven't gotten much sleep I'm really tired right now. I'm I'm not feeling 100%. But that's my flesh. And I know that by the power of God, that the Spirit of God can speak through me, that the Word of God can go forward anyways, and that God can still bless and give me strength to be able to do this. That's why I'm not going to go for too long today. But the thing is that, my flesh did not want to broadcast my spirit did because i love preaching because i love speaking of the word of god i love talking about my lord jesus i love talking about the cross and the power of christ and the glory of god to the honor of the lord i love talking about these things and i wanted to and so i left it up to the lord and he gave me strength regardless even though i haven't had much sleep and i'm not feeling great that the lord is able I'm suffering right now, to his honor and glory, to to be able to produce this study. These are ways that my flesh doesn't want to. What are you going to give into? What are you going to give into? The desires and the manipulation of your flesh or the power of spirit? The power of spirit. The power of spirit. We're to think spiritually, not physically. Think spiritually, not physically. It's actually something I, I spoke about this morning, if you follow my uh, morning poems, my writings that, that I put up. <clears throat> now, there's two I wrote this morning, and I would like to just read to you if I, if I can, if you'll put up with that. The first one I wrote this morning was Faith's Thief. I will not fear, for fear is unbelief. To say that God is true is to reject faith's wicked thief. Fear births doubt, and that makes God a liar. To say that God is true his promises you'll lift higher. I will not fret, wavering prayer all so anxious. How can I say that God is true while living all so faithless? I will not fear, God's truth remaineth still. Casting down all my cares, my flesh's fears, I kill. I will not fear, whether of men or evil spirit. God lifts his word above his name, and I will always believe and fear it. And the second one I wrote is called Physical Faith. And this this one's a little more in line with what I'm talking about today. um, Physical Faith. Replacing answered prayer with logical gymnastics. Excusing the miraculous because that is too fantastic. Looking for reasons and scrutinizing all solutions. Faithless they are, praying all such spiritual pollution. Technological first world saints thinking like agnostics. Saying that they believe the word but to their faith they are caustic. Excuses, reason, loophole, chances, blind their mind, unable to see. True faith in Christ all transcends this physical reality. And that's just it. We transcend this physical reality. It's not about the things of this world making me feel close to God. It's not about feeling close to God. It's not about my senses. It's rather, it's about what's true. It's truth. It's doctrine. It's truth i am the way the truth and the life jesus did not say i'm the feelings and the senses and the opinions he says i am the way the truth and the life what is truth what is truth pontius pilate asked that question what is truth while he stared jesus in the face what is truth what is truth unto god it's about truth It's not about me and what makes me feel like I'm close to truth. It's not what seems true to me. It's not what I believe is true. It's not about what I want to be true. It's about what is true. And how can we know what is true? We look at the Word of God. That he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men. Now, what are my lusts, my desires? We went over this this past week, this past while, talking about uh, the lust of the flesh, the ways of the flesh, the character of uh, of physical reality of this world and the sinful, uh, sinful creation. And everything, the way that the world is going. We, we use examples of, of man's inhumanity to man, about love waxing cold, and all this kind of thing, about aggressivity, and about violence. And we talk about many different topics, and all these things are characters of flesh. Because when we actually look at the spirit of Jesus Christ, and of course people say, but Jesus said, I've come not to bring peace, but a sword. You understand what that sword is? Do you understand that the sword that Jesus is talking about when he says, I've not come to bring peace, but a sword, that sword is truth, the word of God, not an actual sword for violent crusades. Stop twisting the word of God because you want to be violent. Because you want to justify war and violence. But Jesus flipped tables because they corrupted the, the courtyard. And he's showing them what does he do? He immediately sits down and teaches them truth. He doesn't just flip tables for table's sake because he was just angry. Because we need to push back against the leftists. That's not That's not what he was doing. And we also see, that again, Jesus showed control. By, he says, uh, to those who kept the doves, come take the doves out. He didn't just rip the cages open and all that and let the doves loose. To show them what for. He didn't do that. We see control, we see meekness, Christ likeness, we see control of temper, con- uh, temperance, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, love, joy, peace. Which of those fruits of the Spirit is wrong? So, again, to arm ourselves likewise after the same mind. So, in everything that we do for the purpose of showing the will of God, not my will. Now, what I think God's will is. So how can we know what God's will is? Word of God. Scripture. Look at this. Go back to verse 1. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, has ceased from the control, the manipulation, the power of sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. See, right there, this is the point. You want to live after the will of God, you're going to have to suffer in the flesh. Because if you're not willing to suffer in the flesh, you're not going to be able to live according to the will of God. Okay? You want to be able to live according to the will of God, you'll have to suffer according to the flesh. If you're not willing to suffer in the flesh, you're not going to be able to live according to the will of god i don't care what arguments you say you could say all the nuts all you want you and all the arguments and all, all those ideas that you have because well no i i know god god will bless me because god loves me god is love and judge not who are you to judge but um i'm not judging god's word is god says you want to live according to the will of god you need to suffer in the flesh because god is not going to work with or bless the will of flesh And living according to the will of flesh, and seeking to produce the will of God, is abomination. That's sacrilege, that's that's irreverence, that's nonsense, that's ungodliness, that's paganism trying to be Christian. Which is what I personally believe is the Christian heavy metal theme. Uh, That is literally just paganism pretending to be Christian now you can disagree all you want I challenge you to show me otherwise well because look at what they're talking about okay um Satan quoted scripture did that make it godly all because someone is growling and screaming the name of God doesn't mean that they're close to God or that they know God Satan quoted scripture did that make him godly i'm just saying we got to be careful about our reasonings our logic and all this stuff and not, no all this isn't just my my ranting against the heavy metal thing even though I, though i am ranting against him what i'm talking about is the the will of flesh and how far how far the flesh will go to try to bargain How far the flesh will go to deceive, delude, bargain, to try to find a way to stay relative, so that you won't put to death the ignorance of the foolish flesh. For the time past of our life, many suffices to have wrought the will of the gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, unbridled lust, unbridled uh, desires. Loss, excessive wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Look at verse 4. We'll wrap it up on verse 4. This will be a shorter one today. But let's take a look at verse 4. Look at this. Now, according to the modern liberal teachings of christianity is you win the world by becoming like the world but according to the writer here according to apostle peter apostle peter all right peter by the spirit of the living god says that when walking according to the will of god and putting to death the flesh and walking in the mindset of christ in this world that that, and Subduing the flesh with the affections and lust thereof, living unto the Lord. Verse 4: They will the world, the unsaved, will think you are strange because you don't walk like they do. You don't live like they do. You don't entertain like they do. You don't laugh at the things that they laugh at. You don't. You don't listen to the things that they listen to. You are so different. You come up from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord. You are so set apart. You are so different. Your focus, your drive, is something so alien to this world. They will think you're strange. There's something wrong with you. So, yet another angle by Peter, to help us understand the priesthood of the saints. A royal priest, a holy nation, a peculiar people. We're peculiar. A peculiar people to show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That they will think you are strange. Why? Why won't you listen to that? There's nothing wrong with it. They even call themselves Christians. Look at the look at the cover. Look at look at how they're dressed, and they they look no different than the world. But I know they sound no different than the world, and they act no different than the world. But they talk about Jesus. Why won't you listen to that? Why won't you go over here? Why won't you do this? Why why won't you act like this? Why won't you accept our way of life? You're so strange. Exactly. Jesus Christ was considered strange, because he was so different from the Pharisees. Yes, Jesus went and he sat with, he ate with, he drank with sinners, but why? But why? Why did Jesus sit and eat and drink with sinners? Was he condoning their lifestyles? Was he condoning and partaking in their sins and what they were about? What was the reason that he hung out with them? Jesus sat with them and spoke to them in such a way that they, the sinners, the publicans, the drunkards, the harlots, and all the rest of them, they, they wanted to sit with him. And they wanted to hear him. What was he talking about? What was he producing? What was he showing? What what was Jesus and his disciples demonstrating? Godliness, righteousness. Showing them the righteousness of God for the purpose that they would repent and believe the gospel. He, He spoke with them in such a way that they wanted to listen to what he had to say, but Jesus did not water down the truth. He didn't water down the truth he didn't condone sin he didn't water down sin so we see presentation being mindful we see putting to death the ignorance of the foolish flesh suffering in the flesh for for the exaltation of the spirit of christ in our lives abstaining from sin Being holy as he is holy, being perfect as he is perfect, having having no fellowship, the fruitful works of darkness. Why? Why? Why do we seek such separation? But to be like monks locking ourselves away in the stone buildings, all that kind? No, that's just stupid. They don't understand. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. How many how many different angles does the lord need to bring before we'll finally get it before it'll finally click in our minds that it's not about us it's not about my feelings my satiation it's not about my desire it's not about my religiosity it's not about my denomination it's not about my senses it's not about my feelings it's not about my opinions it's not about me attracting them because it's not me that's attracting them because this is where i'll end it because what is it that the unsaved world is seeing what is it that is attracting them what is it that they are actually hearing why are we putting to death the flesh to such a degree like this what is the purpose i live yet not i as paul says i live yet not i but christ lives through me So in a way so in a way i can word it this way that i desire to die to self. To such a degree, that Proverbs 8.22, The Lord possessed me in the beginning of His way, so that Jesus Christ could live in my shoes. That what you see is not me, what you hear is not me, what's drawing you is not me, but Him. That the Spirit of Christ works through me, and i seek to not hinder him so the lord can use me to be that effective to be that effective that's what it's about it's not about my producing fruits no it's not your fruits it's his it's the fruits of the holy spirit being manifested not your fruits stop focusing on your fruits Start focusing on getting out of the way so his fruits can manifest. I live, yet not I, but Christ lives through me. How would Christ, how would Jesus Christ live if he were in my shoes? That's all. I know it's a bit of a shorter one. Well, 53 minutes. It's shorter for us. But there you go. Again, just something I just wanted to bring up for today. So I hope this has been a help, a comfort, and a blessing. Giving you something to think about. Just uh, just, uh, provoking some thoughts is what I want to do and i hope this has been a help a comfort and encouragement and a blessing to you and if you appreciate these studies please give this a, a like give us a thumbs up make sure you subscribe hit notification bell icon so you know we put up new videos and check out all our other videos we got tons of other goodies and content and as well like i said earlier um please check out the pinned video on our youtube channel called the mystic fruit bowl please go watch that video the mystic fruit bowl and pay attention listen carefully to what I'm talking about in there it goes right hand in hand with what we're talking about today a message that I gave a, a while ago called the mystic fruit bowl and it goes into more detail about this about the fruits of the spirit of God versus our fruits and how we get so off course so misfocused and we're so so tunnel visioned uh, uh, on our own uh, on our own deeds on our own righteousness that we don't understand we miss the point completely so please go make sure you listen to that and as well as check out our website christiancoffeetime.ca we have links to all other platforms and goodies and free downloadable gospel track pdfs and e-tracks make sure you're available after that get busy about spreading the gospel and there we go and yes uh, thank you so much hope you feel better yeah be praying for for us uh, again my, my wife's not feeling well she really bad coughs. So you please be praying for her and uh, for us that day, it wouldn't spread or any of that kind of thing and we could get uh, proper rest so again partly why we're just cutting it short a bit today i just can't go much longer so i hope this has been uh sufficient for you I'll give you something to think about go over this again write these points down do the study do the due diligence search the scriptures to see if these things are so acts 17 11. so with that we'll wrap it up there god bless you folks um um just want to see if i uh, make sure i didn't miss any comments here we wrap it up uh, isaiah says i have been intermittent fasting and i've been sticking to 1500 calories a day i feel like my appetite is lessened our flesh has become over oversated people need too much to be content happy that's true that's true yep yeah. um michelle says yes i've been praying for revival every day amen amen and uh here's a nice sweater. Yes, thank you so much. I know it's one of my favorites. <laughs> okay, so with that, wrap it up there. Thank you so much for joining folks. God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord God Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again, and as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless. <laughs>